Welcome back to the program. I'm Rabina Ahmed Huck sitting in for Alex Pearson, and this is On Point. There is a lot going on in Ottawa that we need to dig down, drill into, and find out uh, what the real details are uh, when it comes to all the different events. Uh, we always turn to Tom Korski, Managing Editor at Black Locks Reporter, to get the nitty gritty. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Rabina. So you've got an article on your website called Press Bailout is Confidential. Can you tell me what that's all about? What's it? Why is it confidential? A lot of money. Uh, people remember Parliament in 2019 rewrote the Income Tax Act to pay payroll rebates to their favorite publishers worth over a, a half billion dollars, $595 million, a lot of money. And MPs would like to know where that money went. And one of them, uh, MP uh, Workington from Grand Prairie, Alberta, asked the question, where did the money go? Who received how much? And the Canada Revenue Agency came back and said, oh, no, top secret, confidential? Under the Income Tax Act, we won't tell you. How is it possible then that you would be in a circumstance, let alone if you're a regular taxpayer, but a member of parliament, and you would like to know if the newspaper or the website in your town was getting payola from the Department of Canadian Heritage. That seems pretty relevant. When have you ever heard of a government program that awards effectively subsidies or grants that are secret? They always have a ribbon cutting and a big announcement, Rabina, not here. Yeah, and um, these uh, this was led by newspaper executives. Do we know how they were chosen and what their mandate was? And because uh, it, it sounds like uh, they would have information that would be relevant to, to figuring out where all this money went. Well, the only way you'll get that information is if it's a publicly traded company, and then it's a, a statutory requirement of being listed on the stock exchange. And most publishers are not. We know only in instances of those that are listed, for instance, the publisher of the Winnipeg Free Press, a million dollars a year in payroll rebates. That's a lot of money. A million a year. Mm -hmm. The Toronto Star, when it was publicly traded, disclosed payments of about $155,000 a week, $155,000 subsidy a week. This is not but just the anyone who Free gets Press this is a money, pretty Rabina. big paper. That's a pretty big paper. I mean, it's it's, it's well read across the country. Uh, does a million dollars doesn't seem like a lot of money for a paper that size? Or maybe I'm misunderstanding. Well, I guess that's an interesting way of looking at it. We don't take one penny because I don't think that should be a charge on the taxpayer. Because I think there should be money that go to widows and orphans or the wheelchair ramp at the old soldier's home. That I can think of a million ways to spend $155,000 a week on diabetes pumps or MRI machines. There's no end to it. Instead of giving it to the fat boys at the Toronto Star who are publishing a money-losing newspaper, you have to be. Otherwise, you wouldn't need the subsidy. We don't. What does that say? But that's where we are. That's the problem with the program, Rabina. Yeah, absolutely. Um, money should be spent in all places. That's always my, uh, you know, you know, we often hear that kind of that uh, that headline. You know, what about the homeless people? What about this people? What about? There's always people that need uh, taken care of, and they should always be taken care of. But that doesn't mean other things cannot be taken care of as well. I, I think it's sometimes dangerous to be like all the money needs to go to things that people feel for and, and, and you know, the headline stuff, it, 
it's important to bail out newspapers if they need help to keep local journalism alive. I uh, wanted to uh, also- bless you, Rabina. I, I just <laughs> completely disagree with you. I love and respect you. I think yeah. this is inherently sleazy and a waste of money. So let's turn to something else where also there is some uh, blocked disclosure of documents. This is uh, the Canadian diplomats that were taken out of Afghanistan uh, aboard half-empty military aircraft. This is when the Taliban took over. Um, Can you tell us uh, what's going on? Why has the government concealed these uh, files that detail exactly what was going on? Because it's bad news. They only hide it when it's bad news. And in fact, there was a committee meeting that was in camera just this afternoon. This is the special committee on Afghanistan. Why does this matter? When Kabul fell to the Taliban last August 15th, there was lots of warning. We know this. It was a disaster for people who were left behind. That included thousands of Afghan allies who just pleaded desperately to get out. And it included about 1,200 Canadian citizens, Canadians like you and I. And they were trapped there. And they were trapped because the Canadian ambassador, his name was Reed Sears, and his staff beat it to the airport. They closed the embassy, first G7 country, to hightail it out of Kabul. And there were two Canadian military aircraft. They commandeered one of them, and according to eyewitness accounts, left on a half-empty plane. MPs have asked, who was on that plane? How empty was it? Why in God's name? Would Canadian diplomats abandon their fellow citizens to God knows what in war-torn Afghanistan so they could fly back to Ottawa? And uh, I'm sorry to say government caucus MPs do not want to release those records because I think they're devastating, frankly. I think they speak to a degree of self-interest, connivance, and cynicism that uh, would repulse most Canadians. Yeah, and I, you know, we all remember those pictures of um, not just Canadians, but desperate uh, people in Afghanistan trying to get on flights. Many people who we now know were um, were uh, helping uh, Canadian uh, the military on the ground there that were given reassurances that they would be safely brought out of the country if something like this happened. Many of them now have gone underground and are afraid for their lives. So. To, to think that there was planes where there were seats that those people whose lives are in danger now, along with our Canadian, um, our, our Canadian friends, uh, I, I, I can't believe that that would that that's something that would even happen. Although it was a very chaotic time, people were probably very panicked uh, to get out of the country. Uh, Tom, I want to ask you about this last story uh, about, and I think this is a, a very troubling idea, that a cabinet bill detailing legal grounds to search travelers' cell phones and laptops. Uh, tell me what's going on with that and, and why it's being called a political witch hunt. That's a senator from Alberta. I said that yesterday, Paula Simon. She's a liberal appointee, which is interesting, former Edmonton Journal columnist, and she has suggested this uh, bill, it's called S7, introduced in the Senate, would lead to some uh, political blacklisting at the border. What's the issue? Everyone knows if you're a traveler and you cross the border at land crossing or an airport, you go through customs with your cell phone or your laptop or tablet, you must surrender your password or they can seize your equipment. And once you've surrendered your password under the old Customs Act, they can search through your emails and your pictures and your bank accounts and whatever they like. 
Well, that was the law for many, many years under the Customs Act. Numerous committee studies said we have to stop this. It's a serious breach of privacy by what is really a police force, the Canada Border Services Agency. Two years ago, the uh, High Court in Alberta, Alberta Court of Appeals, struck it down. They said it's unconstitutional, even on grounds of public safety, for instance, suspected child pornography. You can't have these blanket invasions of privacy. Well, Cabinet has tried to correct that. It took them two years with this bill, S-7. And what the bill says is you can have a customs officer demand to search your cell phone or your tablet if there, he has reasonable concerns, reasonable general concerns about you and what may be on your cell phone. Well, legislators have said not good enough. Not good enough. There should be more restrictions. They're trying to avoid profiling, Rabina, and they're trying to avoid picking people out of lineups just to really give them a hard time. It's an interesting bill. Yeah, it is an interesting bill. And, you know, I've been given that information, too, that if you have uh, anything on your phone that you don't want the border authorities to see, delete it before you go across. That's kind of a strange feeling to know that they can access that. But, um, I mean, this is this has been something that they've had the power to do. Um, and now they're saying that uh, they'll have more rights to search your phone and, and have less reasons as to why they're doing it. Is that, am I getting that right? Well, it's, it's, it, 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 the, 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 the point is that, doggone it, Parliament left it to the courts, as they so often do. MPs and senators had said for years, restrict this ability to search until the Alberta court ruling. And now they say they're trying to restrict the ability to search. But critics like the Alberta senator say these restrictions are so vague. There's still lots of room for monkey business. Comments been made many times. Uh, people who have cell phones, cell phones, your life. With GPS, they can even see where you've been. They can see your bank account, all your passwords, the websites you go to. And that's asking a lot, knowing that police can't even intercept paper mail in transit, but they can search your cell phone. Oh, wow. That is that is a very scary idea. And I, I know, I remember thinking to myself, hmm, do I want to delete some things? Because it's not even about... It could just be embarrassing. You don't want someone to see a photo that you've taken that maybe, you know, is, was was just for you and your family. You don't want anyone else to see it, right? Uh, so things like that. Tom, thank you so much for these stories and breaking them down and sort of getting us up to speed on what's happening. Uh, really appreciate your time. My pleasure, Rabina. That's Tom Korski. He's managing editor of Black Locks Reporter, talking about all different things happening in Ottawa, happening with our money. How are they spending our money and how are they disclosing how that money is being used? Uh, sounds like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that are not being they're not being forthright about. I'm Rubina Ahmed Haq. This is On Point. We'll be back after a quick break.